1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. Brought to you by Screen X, exclusively at Market Ridge Cinema in New Berlin. Screen X provides moviegoers with a 270-degree viewing experience. Immerse yourself in the breathtaking visuals at Marcus Ridge Cinema's Screen X in New Berlin. Get your tickets at MarcusTheaters.com. Time for Music Roundup. Do we do that? No, we bring in a real music wrangler. Welcome this partner back to the show, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you guys? Very good. Got everything, uh, all the all the presents purchased and the decorations hung up. And... Everything isn't done, but, you know, most of the way there. Okay. If I didn't do another thing, and I haven't done very much, I think we'd be okay. I think, all right. I think it would all be okay. But so I, everything, everything now is gravy, gravy or icing. I'd like to add a little more sweetener to it if I could, but I, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. So last, uh, was it Sunday night? After football wrapped up, CBS aired Willie Nelson's 90th birthday celebration. Right. And I'm sure you watched it. Oh, yeah, I did. And uh, I thought it was spectacular. I thought everybody who performed a Willie song or sang with him, I thought it was done really, really well. The sound was spectacular. There at the there's, Hollywood. There's a, there's a butt here. No, no, no. Oh, okay. No, now oh, okay. at, at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. Um, but then I stumbled onto something else. Um. You can you can download it on Spotify. That show, oh, yeah. yeah, they released it as an album. They've released right. it as a as an album. You can actually buy it with the DVD and and, and there's the CD. and there's more there's more mm-hmm. artists on the album than were actually on the show. Like Dwight oh. Yoakam didn't make the TV mm-hmm. cut, but he's on the album, and I'm sure others are too. Yeah, yeah. No, that was one of my uh, that, that that was one of those. Nights. I think that came out on December either the first or the eighth. And yeah, that, that was one of the nice packages. And you know that that film, they, you know, went into the movie theaters first, and then CBS got it for TV. And uh, you know, this is what this is one of the models. At some point, we will get a home video. Ver- there will be home video versions available of the Taylor Swift movie, of the Beyonce movie. Um, there will be a new version of Stop Making Sense from the Talking Heads. So you know, but this is how they do it: movie movie theater. TV or streamer, and then and then something you can buy for your home. But all the versions of his songs were done as well, if not better than. Oh yeah, uh, no, the Willie was, version. Those people, they love you know, they love Willie. They love playing with him, and you know, Willie at ninety is holding his own. I think. I think the smartest thing they did was they've pared down the family band to essentially an acoustic quartet now. So Willie doesn't have to fight over the drums or fight over the, you know, more of a wall of sound that they used to produce. And he can just, you know, he can just kind of do his Willie thing. And, and it works. Well, Cheryl Crow had a, had a good opening line. She said the first time she was going out to sing with Willie, she had never sang with him in public before. Mm-hmm. She was standing, did you see this? She's standing next to Chris Christofferson as she's getting ready to go out on stage to do a song with Willie. And Christofferson says to her, don't try and sing along with him. Just sing louder than him. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, one of, that's a go-to line from Christofferson. You know, when they were in the Highwaymen together, uh, he used to talk about that, you know, when he talked about, you know, what you have to do to sing next to, you know, Willie or Johnny Cash or, you know, any of the others. But, but Christofferson's really, okay. a little bit of a, you know, that, that's kind of who he is. <laughs> What's uh, what's the problem with singing with Willie? 
Well, no, Willie. So Willie, not unlike Bob Dylan, you know, he approaches the recorded version of his songs as suggestions rather than guides. They, Willie, they, uh, they we, just, we, yeah, Willie's going to sing it anyway, anyway, he damn well please. They discussed mm-hmm. Willie's style. He will be out. They said he will lyrically be out in front of a song ahead of the music, or oh, yeah. he'll, or he'll be trailing behind it. He right. really doesn't care. No, he. Yeah. You know, like I say, it's 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 kind of like a jazz. It's a jazz. It's a jazz approach. Uh, to to the music is which is you perform it as you feel it. Yeah, and uh, Willie may yeah. get you thrown off American Idol. Or, <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be on the Voice. It won't even work on the Mass Singer. <laughs> right. although, although although I guarantee you, if, if there's ever like a you know a uh, marijuana leaf <laughs> that that's the Mass Singer, it's either gonna be Willie or Snoop. And then there's <laughs> the uh, there's the Willie documentary that's on right. Paramount. Right, too. that's on Paramount Plus. And that's, you know, just another look. I thought they did a nice job with that. You know, it's uh, it's funny. His it's his story's been told so many times. It's it's hard. And he's he's written. I think he's on. He's done three books at least. So it's kind of you know, it's kind of hard to unearth anything that's brand new. But it is it is possible to package it in a way that's that's very nice and illuminating. And I, and I thought I thought the documentary did that. Okay. All right. See? So there's our tip of the cap to Willie Nelson. Yeah. Um, and his and his guitar trigger. Yeah, may we may we may we all be may people be talking about us in these glowing terms when we're ninety. Okay, one more uh, thing about Willie. I was I'm wrong. I had sure. one more thing. When did that guitar develop that hole? Because uh, they were showing black and white pictures from the seventies of Willie in that guitar and it had a hole in it. But I'm surprised yeah. it hasn't grown. I, I think it's well it has grown. I mean it has, has it? you know oh yeah. Yeah, if you look at the earliest pictures okay. you'll see you'll see that it has grown. Now they kind of preserve it. Trigger, which is named after Roy Rogers right. horse because right. it's his companion. Yeah, and that's you know, it's it, 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 it has it is it's a lot of wear and tear, but it's worn well. Yeah. Is, is I guess how we'll put it. And he's Willie's really soothing to listen to, just talk oh, yeah. about his guitar. Yeah, about yeah. How that box can sing. That oh, box yeah. it sings. Yep. You know, yeah, no, interesting. He's, he's an uh, interesting he's, guy. He's a, na- a national Boy, that treasure. Is one hell of a hole. I know, and they were talking about how it's changed the acoustics of the guitar oh, yeah. over the years. Yeah, and, and even his playing style. You know, the way he attacked, the way he hits a string. Exactly, that's what they said. He plays very aggressively to the mm-hmm. point where he wore a hole in the guitar. Well, because you've got well, you've got tones and overtones because of the multiple holes in the guitar. You know, you've got the one that's supposed to be there and the ones that he put there, and so you've got these. You've got you've got the sound goes, you know, without getting real technical, the sound goes into the body of the guitar, but then when it, it comes back out, it's coming out of multiple points of the guitar, so it's almost like you're accompanying yourself. Right. And he's never thought about duct taping it or anything. Oh, no. Why getting would you? a new guitar. <laughs> why, why would you? Well, hopefully someday he can save um, enough to buy a new guitar. I, I'm, I do feel like they don't talk about it. I do feel like there's another trigger around there somewhere just in case. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, in case Trigger gets How lost. How was he or, someone who never switched out a guitar when other guys and other bands just from song to song? Yeah. Well, say, you know, you know, you you with a guitar, you have two choices. You can either swap them out to get another guitar in a different key, or you can use what's called a capo on the neck to to do it. Or, you know, in some players' cases, they use bar chords where where you're laying you're laying your index finger across. The top of the uh, the top of where you where you would put a capo. So Willie just happens to have you know it's an older guitar that stays in tune or stays in better tune and or Willie is able to adjust his voice 
hmm. to his guitar going out of tune. You know who couldn't be more the opposite of Willie Nelson? <laughs> Mariah Carey, who hit oh, number one again this week. She is, and maybe as it should be at Christmas. All I want for Christmas is number one on the Billboard Hot 100 after Brenda Lee spent two weeks there. Uh, this is the, I think it's the fourth time uh, Mariah's been at number one for Christmas week. That's 2019-20. Uh, 21, 22, 13 weeks total at number one. So, you know, and it's followed, and it's an all-Christmas top five this week. You've got Brenda Lee, and then you've got Bobby Helms, Jingle Bell Rock at number three, Wham's Last Christmas at number four, and Burl Ives' Holly Jolly Christmas at number five. And that's that's the effect of streaming on the charts. It's not that these songs are necessarily being purchased. What's the uh, stat on Frank? Frank Sinatra, he's got a... Yeah, active on the Billboard chart again. Um, I guess I did not see this. Hold on, hold on. We'll, a holiday song. Or? We'll dig up the story. Give us a second. Yeah, I mean he he holds a lot. He has a lot of a lot of Billboard, you know, notoriety. His duets album, you know, was the was the longest gap between. I think it was number one albums, things like that. Oh, uh, Jingle Bells is in the Billboard. Is it in the top ten? Top twenty. Top hot 100, top 20. Yeah, and it's probably like his first appearance there in however long, but, yeah, you know, yeah, if it's not top five, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like since 1967, so. And I know we've, we've been keeping track of everything going on in the U.K. because, you know, that's where right. the Christmas number one really matters. So right, right now, it's a pitch battle between uh, Wham's Last Christmas, which apparently has never been the Christmas number one. That's a surprise. And a guy named Sam Ryder, who was Britain's Univision guy uh, for a while. But I guess coming up on the outside is, uh, is, the, is uh, the Pogues, um, you know, fairy tale of New York, the, the, you know, the sympathy vote after, um, yeah, after Shane McGowan's death and the push there uh, to make that number one. So we, we will know. I think it's the 20. I think it's uh, Sunday. That and they, that's they a determine big, who that is. That's a big UK thing. It's huge. Number no, one for huge. Christmas. It's, it's massive. You know, they, hmm. it was a big plot and, you know, a hit movie and Love Actually, you know, the Christmas number one. That's like huge. Boxing Day. We'll never hmm. understand it, but it's their no, thing and it, they it, love it. it, it, it right, right. It's, it's a tradition over there. Yeah, so, like the Super Bowl here, they're like, what? This, what? You, yeah. what? Well, you, the, you the, have the, a NFL's forced, yeah. the NFL's forcing that down their throat. So, uh, you know, <laughs> well, they, they do what they do. They are starting to understand. I mean, if you just tell them it's like the World Cup, you know, they, they, they get it. Yeah, I just, uh, I, when they did, just it, when did a, it become a thing? They don't have a horse in the race. That, that's the thing until Jack, until whoever they're talking about uh, moving moving to England to play, you yeah, know, until, right. until they have a team. Right, right. You know, it's never going to be a, a thing like that over there. Plus, they're all asleep, you know, <laughs> when, when the halftime shows on. Um, if I, last week you gave us a Seacrest lineup for New Year's Rockin' Eve, but let's say I saw that lineup and I went, I'm going to shop around. So what's who's in Nashville's New Year's Eve party? Uh, Nashville so. is always, now this is, this is a great one. Yeah, it's only like maybe four years old, but the New Year's Eve live Nashville's Big Bash Five, five, count them, five hours of it, starting at six thirty, and you will ha- you will have Carly Pierce, Cody Johnson, Morgan Wallen, uh, Blake Shelton playing with Trace Atkins, brothers brothers Osborne playing with Trombo Shorty, Kane Brown, John Party, Megan Maroney, Parker McCollum, Hardy, uh, Jackson Dean, and and more to be named. 
Uh, so, you know, five big hours, and it is, it's relentless. I mean, it just, it's, it's song after song after song after song. There's no, there's not a lot of kibitzing. There's not a lot of BS. It's just, you know, music from start to finish. Is this recorded? So or what, um, is it oh, actually, yeah, it's pre-recorded. It's pre- right. When did, where did they do it? What bar in they, Nashville? No, they do it at, at multiple venues. Okay. And, you know, they, I think they spend a couple months um, getting, you know, getting everybody together. And some of them, some of them are actually from their tours, you know, their own, their own audio vision, video crews, you know, send them a song filmed on tour. Others do it in that, you know, most do it in Nashville. And Nashville is central time. So. Right. Well, exactly. You can really celebrate all night long, I suppose. If oh, yeah. they had actually done it on New Year's Eve. Right. Well, then they get, they get to watch themselves. Started in party July. All, party all day. They'll all go to Garth's new bar and watch it. Which is just like Kid Rock's bar, which is just like Blake Shelton's yeah, bar. Right. Uh, you know, that's that's part part of the deal. In I Nashville. hate to say it over and over again, but those guys have ruined Nashville. They yeah. turned it. They turned Nashville's in Nashville into Chili's. Is it those guys, or is it or is it Nashville that ruined I Nashville? Know. You know, I, I don't mean, know. You know, I think though. I think you know they they are not necessarily the ones who let the horse in the who let the horse out of the barn. I think they're just the ones who saddled up when it did. You know when I realized they had wrecked Nashville is when they put a patio, a deck up behind Tootsie's, <laughs> which is adjacent to the Ryman. Right. They, they share back doors. That's how right. those guys used to run back and forth. Now it's a paved. At first yeah. they paved it, which was people were up in arms in Nashville about they wanted to stay the old concrete, chipped concrete alley. Right. Then they paved it with asphalt, and then they built a deck back there. They they paved, they paved paradise. Yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you, Joni Mitchell. But it is, yeah. I mean, it's just because you know somebody, somebody uh, city fathers or whoever saw the, the saw opportunity and opportunity over history. But you can still go to the Ryman. You can still go to the Opry. You know, there's still plenty. You can still go to the Blackbird, uh, the Bluebird. Bluebird. Sorry. Yeah. You can go to the Bluebird. So you can still you can still dip into traditional Nashville if you want. Uh, let's do the Taylor Swift stuff this week. What, she's a dictionary word now, or she is? Well, she is, so, era, the dictionary.com has given the term, the word era, its very first, uh, the very first vibe of the year. So this is the vibe of 2023 word. And dictionary.com's being real coy about it. They're just saying, yeah, it's based on how much of it, it was used this year. It might have something to do with Taylor Swift's era's tour, but yada, yada, yada. Well, it had everything to do with, uh, with Taylor Swift's era's tour. Uh, but it is. A, so era is your vibe word of 2023. Meanwhile, in this week's Billboard charts, um, Taylor has five, count them, five albums, so half of the top ten. In the album sales chart, of of course, the 1989 Taylor's version is sitting there at number two, and then uh, Folklore is up at, up to number four. Uh, Midnight's at five. Speak Now, the Taylor's version, is at six, and Lover is at number eight. Is that more than anybody's ever had? The Beatles, Elvis, Frank, whoever. Beatles have had it. I know. Al Jolson. Yeah, no, I, I know the Beatles had that, but but she's she's one of only two, perhaps three. Um, I can't think I can't think of a third, and nobody's naming them. And this is also on the album sales chart, which is different than the Billboard 200. And don't forget, Taylor Swift gave Drew Barrymore the courage to date again. That's yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what Drew came out and said. Uh, we also know what the Kansas City Chiefs ownership gave her. 
Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. They gave her a Christmas gift. She's gave, a girlfriend. She's birthday, not birthday gift. Birthday gift. Okay, do all the wives or girlfriends from the Chiefs get birthday do gifts? The, I do not know. Well, I, I, would, I would suspect Patrick Mahomes' wife might because um, she sits in the, in the box with the owners. Um, I don't know about the, the, the third string, any of the third string players, partners, what they might or might not get. Well, if their wife had a billion-dollar uh, tour and, you know, top well, uh, albums and and, songs. And, are, and are selling more more Kansas City Chiefs merch than right. the team would sell otherwise. You know, they, it, so, so view this as a birthday gift and thank you note. Uh, but it was a microphone-shaped purse, but, of course, not just any uh, microphone-shaped purse. It is, it is bejeweled with... Uh, Swarovski, and I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, diamonds, um, you know, very famous and very expensive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it was, you know, it was given to Taylor by the Hunt family at the game on December 10th uh, when they when they played Buffalo. Where do you order that? Hamaker Schlemmer? I know. The microphone-shaped purse? Yeah, no, maybe the Gap. Um, <laughs> I think it's, or Target. Um no, I think uh, obviously it's custom. It's either custom made. Well, it is a custom piece. It's not like you can go on Amazon and have it delivered in time for Christmas. Um, but it is, and it was. They used a personal shopper. He was the one who revealed what it was. And yeah, so it's nice, you know. And like I say, view it as a birthday gift and a and a bit of a thank you gift too. What uh, what is Cher's beef with the Rock Hall of Fame? Well, that she's not in it, and that oh, she okay. that she is one of only uh, two artists to have number to have number one hits on some Billboard chart for each of the last seven decades. Uh, the latest is DJ Play a Christmas Song. That's from her current Christmas album, and that was number one this month on the Dance and Electronic chart. So she was on the Kelly Clarkson show, and you know she did a it was a quick but you know, the very firm blast on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame saying, I wouldn't be in it now if you gave me a million dollars. I'm not kidding you. I'm never going to but change But you don't my get mind. any money for being in that anyway, Sherrod. Exactly. Just, you know, but she said, she said they could just go, you know what, themselves. Yeah. And you know what, I'm sure the censor or the guy who on the button was like, Shh. We, uh, that, we, she, that she put it like that. And that, of course, set off a whole line of stories. And I wrote one, too, you know reasons why or why not Cher belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So so we'll see if this has any effect, and I promise you, she will be one of those artists who changes her tune. Um, you know, really? if, if elected, <laughs> if elected, I believe she will serve. But really, like that million-dollar statement, all that stuff? But how yeah. likely is it she'll be elected after saying all the, you know... Um, sometimes, no, sometimes it does work in reverse. And, okay. You know, there is a perversity to the voting body that, all right, let's see if you made it. Um, you know, and go ahead and vote her in. If, if she were to go in, I would hope it would be as sunny and share. That's what not I was going to say. Not just, not just share. I mean, you know, the, certainly all respect and props to her for her career, but it started with Sonny and share. Sonny himself has, you know, has a lot of, Credits as a songwriter, as a producer, uh, manager, and and you know as he brought Cher into the music industry, he got her into some very interesting and and you know very valid uh, situations. You know, singing back up on all those Phil Spector songs, and you know as well as their own hits. So so that's you know that's the way I'd like to see it go if it's going to happen. You know, bring them in as Sonny and Cher. What was Sonny Bono's whole story? Before he met Cher, what was he doing? He was he writing was, music. He was, he was a music 
guy. Yeah, he was writing yeah, I mean, songs. He was, he was yeah. writing songs. He was working. You know, he was working for Phil Spector. He was kind of a boy Friday. That was that the term it was Girl Friday, right? So he was yeah. he was a boy Friday yeah. for uh, Phil Spector. Uh, doing lots of stuff, including, I believe, mopping floors. Yeah, if he wouldn't and, have uh, found Cher, it would have been, well, that guy that worked for Phil Spector, what was yeah, his name? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he, you know, listen, if he just wrote needles and pins, he'd be in a, <laughs> he'd have a place in history. But, he, you know, he also wrote other songs that if Sonny and Cher didn't record them, somebody else probably would have and probably would have had hits. So he would he would have gone down as a behind-the-scenes guy. All right, this uh, Amy uh, Winehouse biopic, we have a date for that? We do. And a place? Going- it's going to be in May on the let's see on the tenth of May. It's called Back in Black, uh, starring Marissa Bella as as Amy Winehouse. Uh, it was directed by Samuel Taylor Johnson, who directed the Fifty Shades of Grey uh, series, seemingly Back to Black, Fifty Shades of Grey. There you go. And uh, you know it'll it'll take you know it'll it'll be a life story up to you know her rise in fame, and of course including her her tragic passing at the age of 20, of 27. The estate, by the way, her father, uh, Mitch Winehouse, is now suing a couple of Amy's old friends for selling some of her personal items at auction. I guess, you know, the, the family's been, the estate has been auctioning off Amy Winehouse items to benefit the charity, the Amy Winehouse Foundation. Um, but, but, but some of these friends apparently have been auctioning off and keeping the proceeds for themselves and and in this suit in in Britain, what the estate is saying is we've reached out to them. We want to know how they got these things because they should not have them, and we at least want an explanation about that. The, the friends are not cooperating, ergo we're we're going after them, and we want the money that they've they've gotten for auctioning them off. So, and Amy did not have leave a will when she died. All right, and finally, uh, when Tom Petty wrote uh, the last DJ, he was talking about Jim Ladd, right? Right. Uh, and Jim Ladd passed away this week. This week at 75, I mean, this is, yeah, and it's not just kind of radio insider for a favorite within our industry. He, Jim Ladd was, was really well known as one of the great FM DJs, you know, of the 70s. He was there at the dawn of the FM rock radio format. And, uh, not only, not only was he the inspiration for Tom Petty's The Last DJ, he worked with Roger Waters when he did the Radio Chaos album. He actually went out on tour with Roger Waters as the DJ during the show, not the DJ, you know, doing the waka waka waka, you know, like, you, like you do in a dance club, but actually they staged the show like a radio show, and Jim Ladd was the DJ uh, doing that. So, you know, very, very well known, was on a bunch of the big stations out in, you know, out in California, KNAC, KLOS, KMET, those for rock fans or legendary call letters. And, you know, spent the last part of his life and his career on satellite radio. Right. So, it's a, you know, it's, it's a sad passing and worth noting because he was definitely part of the fabric of what we know and love as album rock radio. Yeah, the cool radio when I was in high school and grade school. Yeah, yeah. well, I think you guys were doing form radio. The yeah. whole song would play. It didn't get interrupted by some guy talking over it exactly. like this. Exactly. <laughs> but they've heard this song before. <laughs> All right, Gary. All right, you guys have a happy Christmas. Thank you. Thank and, you. And we will talk in the new year. Well, yeah. I'll talk with you guys in the new year. I'll be back next Friday. Yes, with Rock. All right. All right. With the A-Team. Gary, thanks for the time. Hey, take it easy. Gary Graff, our music expert.